0: Hi, everybody. This is Martin. And this is Bernd from QStack. You're listening to Side Gems with Brian Reisman on the Pantheon Podcast Network.
1: You know actor and singer David Hasselhoff from his many incarnations. Michael Knight on Knight Rider, Mitch Buchanan on Baywatch, the original on-screen Nick Fury in a 1998 TV movie, and Jekyll and Hyde on Broadway not to forget playing himself in everything from the Spongebob movie to a hilarious retro video clip for Guardians of the Galaxy 2. David has also had a long-running music career which began with Night Rocker in 1985. He later performed his song Looking for Freedom atop the Berlin Wall weeks after its dismantling had begun, and that was 31 years ago this month. In recent times, he's delved into a lot of different musical territory, including Synthwave for the Kung Fury movie soundtrack and his latest solo album, Open Your Eyes, which included new wave, hard rock, pop and country covers and featured an impressive and eclectic array of guest stars from Todd Rundgren to Steve Stevens. His latest sonic adventure is with the industrial metal group Kustak from Austria. They collaborated on a stirring anthem of empowerment and solidarity called Through the Night that shines a light into these dark times. Beyond all of his artistic endeavors, David indulges in different activities which we spoke about for episode 32 of Side Jams. Specifically, we discussed his forays into motivational speaking as well as his love for scuba diving and a few adventures in skydiving. It was nice to chat with him after all these years of watching him on screen, and I certainly didn't hassle the huff.
2: Good morning, Brian. How are you doing? Very well, I think it's too early to tell. <laughs> <It's weird. laughs>
3: you know it's funny I was looking I was, I'd wanted to watch Nick Fury again and I found it uh, online last night.
1: Um,
2: yeah, it's quite good. I was, um, it was kind of another milestone that I reached because of Stan Lee, and Stan came on the set and said, "You're the consummate Nick Fury," and to me that was um, something I'll probably remember for the rest of my life. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah, it was fun. It was it was a television movie that didn't do the numbers that it should have done. And, and it was written by David Goyer, who wrote, you know, who wrote uh, all the Superman's in the beginning.
3: No, that. he did, you know, he did all the great you know, Dark Knight stuff. He's done a lot of different stuff. You know, it's interesting because I, I want to mention there's just all these different things that you've actually done. And some people, like, I'm afraid some of the younger kids don't know that you were Nick Fury originally. You know, you were ahead of the curve on that.
2: You know, I just kind of do what's in front of me. And, and so the luck of the draw has it that a lot's been in front of me, and if there wasn't anything in front of me, I made sure there was something in front of me, like the Panto in in the UK, which is uh, was was another milestone. I did seven of them. I broke, you know, six attendance records for the people attending Panto's in a hundred years, and I was really proud of that. And I was quite uh, it, it was a natural thing to to talk to the audience. I came in as off the hook, you know. Don't you just love me? And the audience would go, no. I said, yes, you do. No, we don't. No, you do. No, we don't. And it, it, that would sometimes go on for as long as I wanted it to go on, depending if I had the audience. And if I didn't have the audience, I would make sure I got the audience. So right. I brought a little bit of um, the David Hasselhoff passion, which is I give 100 percent no matter what uh, to the show, and um, I've done that through television, through film, through massive amount of commercials to branding to to whatever's in front of me and sometimes what's in front of me is you know a Pluto commercial where I'm playing several characters and I, I, I do it because the script is good and because the characters and the, the is a challenge to to do all the characters and it's, it's even though it's hard work it, it is fun in the end it is fun and I I, I try to tell everybody that especially during the concerts, like we do these massive concerts, anywhere from 65,000 people, which I'm doing on my birthday, which is an 80s concert, Wow. to a Nova Rock festival, where I come on at midnight or 11.30 till, till 12.15. They don't want me to do more than But they told me I can't do more than 70 minutes. And then I went on following Iron Maiden. And I went, <laughs> following Iron Maiden? Really? I think you're going to leave. <laughs> And they didn't leave. They, as a matter of fact, they came from different stages to see, kind of like Coachella, what I was doing. It's um, it's it's humbling, and it's amazing when you go to Norway and they start chanting Hoff, Hoff, Hoff. And they, sometimes, the longest I've had was eight minutes. I mean, eight minutes is a long time. And I just stood there, and at first I got emotional. And then I got kind of not annoyed but come on let's get on with the show <laughs> <laughs> type yeah. type attitude and, and so you know i i look back at like the overview that i sent that judy just sent me and i sent it to someone and i go wow i have done a lot and i don't realize that you know i hosted a show in sweden we should send you the overview and we hosted a show and um i hosted the show i was like dean martin you know, johnny carson in, in sweden called. David Hasselhoff, a Swedish talk show, and the whole gag was, You know, I don't know who my guests are because I'm in Sweden. And we <laughs> came up with this gag, and we, it was up for an awards, or a Kristallen Award, which is, the Emmy. and we did the same thing in Finland, and we were supposed to do the same thing in Belgium, but I ended up doing a movie called Killing Hasselhoff, which we yep. raised money for. That's on Netflix. And Netflix now has got Half the Record, which is an Emmy Award winning series and you know we, we it's 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 amazing how people respond to David Hasselhoff and how people don't respond to him and so I'm hoping that they respond to uh to the to the heavy metal because I just did that that's right it was in front of me and because it was fun and because Martin had done my backdrops and he had done such a great job and and he said you know i in exchange for something that he did that uh... would you do this heavy metal song because we're trying to get into heavy metal because that's what we do and i and i liked it i liked the song i like the burnt who's a guitar player Yep. yeah and uh, i called him mr b because i couldn't say burnt i was moving too fast but um... we ended up doing that as a basically a labor of love to and a tip of the hat to the heavy metal crowd and then i found out i had a heavy metal audience which is bizarre and they would come and because they would listen to true survivor and they listen to yeah from kung fury kung fury but they also listened to um yeah kung fury was um, we made it into a major motion picture and i went all the way to uh i think it was romania to do four or five days on that picture but we'll see what happens with that and uh and I did sing in the movie because I called and I said, you know, I need a moment in the movie that is funny, that's tongue in cheek. And he gave me a movie to sing, a song to sing to puppies. So it was hysterical. So I played a gigantic man robot in a yeah. car, the Hoff 9000, and uh, morph into a man. And I sing to the puppies. And it's really, they keep going back to it during the picture. So hopefully that'll be out in the next, you know. Year or so, and um, Night Rider is being made into a movie. So it's kind of like whatever is in front of me, I take, and then that's what this whole heavy metal situation is about. And I, I tip my hat to. I think they did a really good job with the song, and they put their heart and soul into it. And hopefully, it puts Q stack on the map.
3: You know, so I know where you. Did you listen to any metal before this? Are there any bands I you was, liked?
2: Was, uh, I worked with. Um, Two Survivors kind of like a heavy metal. I mean, the the song to Gung Fury, even though it's the '80s, it was very synth wavy. Followed by a heavy metal crowd. I have a heavy metal audience. It's weird. It's like, you know, I look around the audience and I'll see girls, of course, and I'll see guys and dressed up as David Hasselhoff and people getting hammered. And then I'll see a heavy metal crowd, like you know, they give me the heavy metal sign with weird hair and weird clothes, and I go. Wow, that's really cool, and, you know. And so I, because I'm because I'm a fan of Metallica, because I'm a fan of Iron Maiden, because I've listened to this rock and roll. I mean, and the, the the good stuff and the stuff that, that I respond to. I'm not a, a heavy metal afic- aficionado. No, there's absolutely no way. But but I liked the song. I liked the rock and roll. I liked the hard music. I liked. when we did yeah. when we did. Um, heroes by david bowie i heard another version i think i can't remember the guy's name he just passed away but he did a uh, heavy metal version of heroes and our version was cooler it was you know it was really he was like it was cooler so i kind of do what's in front of me and that's why i did the through the night with martin and burnt
3: right right you know, and also for my podcast, for Side what I do is I talk about people's products. And I also talk about, like, their outside passions, you know. Because I interview a lot of musicians, and they never get to talk about other things that they do outside of that. Like, you know, one of the guys in Judas Priest was telling me about his love for Star Wars. Someone else told me about their passion for horses. I would actually heard that you've done some motivational speaking.
2: You what know, I, I got into motivational speaking because I had to. You know, they have a thing at the Comic-Con where you have to speak 40 minutes. And my wife, who was not my wife at that time, would say, what are you going to talk about? I said, about 40
3: minutes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And And I had no idea because I was so, I had so much material and such a life. And people respond to one man can make a difference that I usually come out and I just wing it. And I just say, one man can make a difference. And the reason is, I'm here, maybe I'll make a difference today in your lives, but you guys are all here, and you made a difference in my life. Without you, I would not be up here. And So that's the truth. And So I just speak the truth, and then I talk about Knight Rider, I talk about, I just speak the truth, you know? And the truth is, I've been burned by press and by, by newspapers and by television and by film and by everything, and, and I've been, you know, but I, I've risen above that to tell the truth, and, and I, and people respond to that, and people, they, they, I, I open it up for a question and answer session. I, I guess the last place I could, they wouldn't let me do a question and answer hmm. session, so I got a little kind of freaked out, oh my God, how do I, how do I fill 40 minutes, you know, I with, with just speaking, and, um, it went great. It was incredible because people were—they all respond to something that happened in their childhood. Yeah. And that's what Night Rider was about. Everybody had a childhood. Everybody grew up watching Night Rider and Baywatch. And uh, that's the one thing that I've learned to embrace over the years is I embrace the the passion that these people have, and they have—we have passion when we're kids. Sure. We have an innocence, and we have a belief. And then we grow up, and we look at the world, and we go, boy, the world's messed up. And, you know, how could possibly, How could they do that? How could they have no empathy? How could they, you know, 280,000 people die, and, and not, not anyone talk about it? I mean, it's like, yeah, it blows my mind. It's weird. It's completely weird. And it's, it's just, but it, it it motivates me to, to do a song like, the night it's about going through darkness into the light it's about keep moving and i just saw a special on jim valvano you should look it up his name is jim valvano he was the greatest coach of north carolina in 1983 and he passed away of cancer and he was just a cool little italian guy who embraced all the black players in the team, and they all loved him, and he just basically said, never, never give up, never, ever give up. He said something else, too, that was really incredible. Take the day to think, take yeah. the day to laugh, and take the day to cry, whether it's emotional or because of some sad situation or some good situation, he said, that's a full day. So um, I gravitated to watching this special on, on him, which is, I don't know, one of the, one of the channels and you know so I, I kind of live by that
3: so what are, what are the things you you know be outside of being on on stage and on on screen what are the things that you're passionate about
2: I'm passionate about respect I demand respect if no one gives me respect then I either laugh it off or I have a tendency to to speak up and um, I, I'm passionate about respect I'm, I'm passionate about re- self-respect you know I mm. I've not achieved the self-respect that that you know what you know what happens when you when you achieve a dream yep. it get, it's kind of like depressing because you have to have another dream
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like well I achieved this you know like I sang on the Berlin Wall to a million people and I achieved that and and I that was all my doing because I I said, can I sing on the wall? And, you know, there was a, there, and somebody wrote, there was an immediate answer that, well, they said, yes, there was no immediate answer. There was like, you know, it took two or three days for them to get the opinion of um, Honecker and the opinion of Kohl, which were the two prime ministers at that point. They had to get both of the prime ministers from East, East Berlin and West Berlin. They did. And uh, so once I achieved that, I went, I was on the airplane going back, On now what do I do, you know? How do I top that? And um, you know, I've I've, I'm I'm working on um, a new television series that uh, I can't really talk about yet, but it's it's something that um, that I can look in the mirror and uh, respect myself because you know I'm I'm really an actor first. I'm, I'm I'm David Hasselhoff, the father, the husband, person, and then I'm the Hoff which is like taking over. Then I'm the musician, which I got a great review on Open Your Eyes, which I did not expect. And we sold five copies, but I didn't care. We just, you know, we, we got great respect for the songs. And you did actually I, got a little good press for that. You know, it was, it was amazing. I got a call from Liverpool. I mean, out of nowhere, this rock magazine said, Echo and the Bunnymen are celebrating their 40th birthday. And we'd like you to say hello because you did a great version of lips like sugar and i went wow that's so cool you know so i've kind of infiltrated into kind of wet my foot into a lot of different things whether it be broadway or the west end in london or film like guardians of the galaxy and and so you know all i can say is and i really i just have to stay vertical and be healthy because the best is yet to come it's really going to come it's going to come like, like you know, things happen in in show business in a weird way. Nothing happens for ten years, and everything happens at once. And you you have to make the right decisions. And sometimes I've made the wrong a lot of actors have said that you know they were up for Superman or they were up for this or that. And yeah, yeah. They turned it down because they just it was not in the cards, and they they in a in a way they regret it.
3: So what other passions do you have? What are sort of of uh, non-artists? Are there other things? uh, Yeah,
2: I like to scuba dive more than anything. I love to go underwater because it's the only place that people don't ask for a picture. Although (laughs) I have taken a picture underwater and chewed out the uh, the dive master when I came up because I said, these people were, how did they fucking know that I was going to be there? uh, Wow. Joe Roth, and he was uh, cool. It was like a, you know. Aerosmith and he was diving and we were diving together and somebody asked me for my picture <laughs> underwater. But, you know, I love underwater. I love, I'm going to continue to do that. I'm, I'm trying to initiate a special where I do like, I dive with sharks. I dive, I do, I do anything that, that's, that's really gets my attention but I always hire someone, a professional that kind of, you know, like skydiving and I do with the Black Knights and I, I realized that you know, there's like 20 of them, and 20 of them are not going to die, you know.
3: So you done skydiving also?
2: Yeah, I've done skydiving, but mostly I've done like three or four times, but I've done mostly it's the diving that's passionate, and I have no fear about getting in the water with a lot of sharks, and I have no fear with them. There's a thing that I want to do. It's called the sardine run. You should look it up. It's really cool. That's That's on my bucket list for sure because that's going to be – Probably the most amazing dive ever in South Africa. And sardines get eaten by everything. And wow. You just kind of watch, and you just watch the birds fly down and sharks and whales and dolphins. So
3: you'd be in the water for that? Yeah, of course.
2: Why That's not? good. Yeah. I told my wife, I said, you can sail on the boat and look down, but you're going to want to be in the water. You know, At least put your head in the water. You know,
0: At least hang on to
2: the boat and look at it, because it's just going to be... Sensational. You just don't want to get near the bait. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: how long have you, how long have you been scuba diving for? I imagine it's been a while now. I've been
2: since since um, right out of high school. Really? I took a course at Santa Monica College and I took a course two courses, believe it or not. I, one was scuba diving and one was film, huh, classic film. Interesting. Because I thought I could watch classic films and I could go diving, and I could wait tables and you know be an actor, and I did so. I ended up on diving, and I've had pretty incredible
3: experiences. What's the most incredible experience you've had scuba diving?
2: The most incredible experience I've had to do scuba diving, yeah, was um, feeding a shark, and it was a tiger shark. And we went to South Africa with a guy named Mark Addison. Mark Addison was like the Steve Connolly of, sh- of sharks. He was, he knew. I, mean, I, I remember one guy that was with me who was definitely afraid of sharks, and we threw him in the water and. He now has gotten over that and has become an avid diver. But um, we were seeing wow. like 22-foot sharks, and they finally came, and I almost got my hand bitten off by a grouper, and I thought, oh, my God. You know, could, could you imagine the press? Hasselhoff loses his hand to a grouper. I, <laughs> I definitely would have said Hasselhoff loses his hand to a shark, you know, because the grouper came in and took the, uh, the bait right before the shark did. I uh, th- that was pretty that was that was without a doubt the, the most incredible experience watching the sharks go after the bait and uh, you know I have photographs of that if with it's just unbelievable you know, I took off my mask and so people would recognize me underwater after
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the sharks could recognize you
2: <laughs> no the, but the, the, the guy that got Mark Addison said you're nuts he said I've never dealt with anybody from Hollywood ever that is as crazy as you and I said I just love it man. I just love you know I love I love the water I love the conservation I love the the attitude that, that people have you know it's a, it's about saving lives and, and not saving fish and saving sharks and saving the eco- the ecology and opposed yeah. to you know killing them
3: did it make you more environmentally aware
2: I don't kill anything I don't I just don't I you know I went to basketball player's house, and he said, "You, you want to go hunting tomorrow?" And I said, "There's nothing alive in Utah left. You've killed everything." And he said, "What are you, a tree hugger?" I said, "Yeah, I am." So, I'm, I'm, I, I would, I don't, I don't get it. And, I, and maybe if I grew up, you know, hunting and stuff like that, I, I don't put the people down from who, who, you know, hunt for for points and sports and. I I, I just don't, I just, you know, that's what they do and that's their life and that's their their heritage, but I personally am dead against it. I'm really glad they stopped the fox hunt.
3: Yeah. Well, I'm curious about skydiving and the fact that how does that make you, how did skydiving make you appreciate the world in a different way, from a different perspective?
2: Skydiving if anyone goes skydiving they will appreciate life because when they land you smile for about four days. <laughs> and you smile because you made it and you smile because you did it. You smile because you made it and you smile because you did it and and the rush is incredible. You you everybody who skydives once will definitely go back, you know. Unless it had a you know, a bad experience. <laughs> a friend who broke his broke his hand ankle and he went back and he broke his ankle again uh-huh. oh, wow. oh wow but anyway i think it's uh, it's an incredible experience but you know back to through the night and it was it was only done because it was in front of me and and it was good and i decided to have some fun so it was like four or five days of just hanging out with martin and his son and the family and burnt and i you know i tweaked the song to make it to make it more pertinent and and this was before before covid before the the disaster that america is in and uh the words seem to be appropriate
1: that wraps up this latest episode of side jams i'd like to thank pantheon podcast sponsor akg for their support of this podcast Stay tuned for the next installment, which will feature David Hasselhoff's collaborators in QStack. The tunes used in this episode are from Fox and the Law, and I licensed them through AudioSocket. Thank you very much for listening.